Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, and this is, of course, your daily financial news. A couple of quick updates. Let's first send a congratulations as a community to Patrick. Patrick, congratulations on getting your first or next deal. Uh, your card will go out in the mail. Folks, if you want to be a part of this awesome program, it is really easy. I'm an easy grader. Between June 1st, 2021 and May 31st, 2022, if you close on a real estate investment property, I want to send you a card. All you have to say is one rental at a time helped you some way, somehow. The book, the channel, the course, whatever it is, again, easy grader. And when we get to 500, I'm now more convinced than ever that we will get there together. We will be sending a big check to a food bank. We will be doing something crazy like dye my hair purple. And something I've rarely talked about, we are going to get a list of questions to actually ask my mother. Uh, my mother is rather shy, but she wanted to be a part of this. And frankly, of all three, the interview with my mother is the one that freaks me out because um, I, I have no idea what y'all are going to want to ask her. So that ought to be interesting. Next up, a lot of you have come through in the last day or so. I guess I fail to talk about this a lot, but I truly enjoy book selfies. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, yes, one rental at a time. Um, you can send me or copy me or follow me or tag me, whatever the vernacular is. Uh, take a picture either with you in it. Uh, some of you have taken pictures uh, with your background. Some of you have taken pictures in front of your houses. And some of them... Some of you have taken pictures with your kids, which is awesome. Uh, I like the idea of using one rental at a time to have conversations with your kids. So thank you very much for the book selfies. Tag me on Facebook, Instagram. I will share, save. If you want to put a smile on my face, uh, either send me a book selfie or write a five-star review. If you really want to do it, you can do both. Uh, so next up, the daily financial news for this Wednesday, October 27th. What do I want to do first? I think I'll close with the new tax. So let's start with Airbnb. So if you've been following my channel for any length of time, you know I've been kind of, um, I've been watching the inflow of Airbnb uh, buyers. I've been watching this new trend, or I should say growing trend of Airbnb arbitrage, where essentially you take over a rental, right? You rent from someone and then you furnish it and then you rent or sublet, or whatever you want to call it on top of that. So again, I think it's a tremendous business model. I hear more and more people making real money doing this. But as a real estate guy, I stand back and go, hmm, when an Airbnb owner essentially takes a house or an apartment, right, either one, out of commission and essentially turns them into a hotel, right, we are essentially removing residential product from a home buyer or a renter. 
and we're essentially turning some residential properties into a hotel. I'm wondering if kind of under the current of the housing market, if one of the reasons we are so short of supply is we just have a lot of nightly rentals that are historically counted as residential, but for all intents and purposes now need to be reallocated as commercial. So I, even if, I mean, I have no idea how many Airbnb units out there. I know there is more this year than last year and more last year than the year before. I know it's a trend going up. I watch all the investors. At what point does this become a real problem? Because every time a Airbnb investor buys a rental and turns it into an Airbnb, you're taking one housing unit out for residential ownership. You're taking a potential month-to-month rental off the market. That's eventually going to be a problem. There is some tipping point where you're like, damn, we don't have enough. So I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about. Let me know what you think. And that's why I think more and more cities are going to be like, no, 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 you can't do that here. So we'll see what happens. Another conversation I'm having, and again, I keep I keep thinking about this stuff all the time. So you see my opinions kind of change. If you know, I've been talking about we are in a repeat of the 70s. Many people have said, Michael, you're wrong. It can't be the 70s because we don't have an oil problem. I get that. I understand that. But I want to add this twist that I just came up with yesterday. The 1970s were an inflation problem because one of the input costs, i.e. oil, became a lot more expensive, right? It became a constraint. It caused gas lines. It caused supply-demand imbalances. It was the commodity that was the root of a lot of the 70s issues. Fair. And we certainly don't have that today, or at least on that scale. I wonder, there's so many people that when I say the 70s, they're looking at it kind of literally. Like, oh, we have an oil problem, got to have an oil problem. We don't have an oil problem, so it can't be the 70s. That's not quite how the economy works. It's similar. So let me propose this idea for you. In the 70s, Without question, the variable, the constraint that caused all of the consternation was an input, and that input was oil. Can't argue. What if I told you we had something similar to today? There was an input that has suddenly gone lacking. It is an input that is significantly rising in prices, and it's not... It's not something you take out of the ground. It's not oil. I think it's labor. I think it's labor. I think labor is going to be the inflationary force of the decade, certainly the next three or four years, just like oil was in the 70s. That's why, I, that's why I feel better about calling this the 2020 like the 1970s and not the 1940s. Again, why not the 1940s? Frankly, America made stuff. We built stuff. We were a manufacturer. And at least in the near term, that ain't so. Could some manufacturing come home? Sure. 
but I think it will suffer the same input or labor constraints that are running around the country today. The only way you fix labor is you raise wages. And as that one retail example I keep bringing up, they took them from 15 to 25 and now they have no problem. That is what is going to happen. Businesses are going to slowly relent and realize, hey, if we want to be open for more than four minutes a day, we've got to pay up. And then what they quickly realize is, oh my God, we paid up. Now we've got to raise prices. This cycle is not quick. It's certainly not transitory. So again, I think the 2020s are like the 1970s, except the constraint this decade is labor, where the constraint or variable in the 70s was oil. Let me know what you think. Am I talking hogwash, crazy talk? Again, I keep noodling on this stuff all day because, uh, again, I'm making investment decisions for my family. So let me know what you think of that. Uh, would appreciate any feedback. Remember, the most important number from yesterday was consumers, right? They talked about uh, basically what the consumer is thinking about and consumer confidence. And again, it is a really good time to be a consumer. It just is. You may not believe with the media with you know this and that shortage and this and that price increase, but when you are at home at your kitchen table, are you talking about the cost of an apple or milk or eggs or bacon? No. You're like, honey, I just got a $7 raise. Honey, I could change jobs and make an extra 20 grand. That's what people are talking about. The consumers are feeling good. We broke three-month negative cycle and the consumer is feeling good. Rising wages, more jobs, jobs are plentiful. People are taking vacations. People are making plans to spend big money on housing and cars and automobiles and things of that nature. This is, to me, this is the gasoline on the inflationary fire. This is why I think inflation gets worse, not better. Certainly not transitory. And at some point, will force the Fed to relent and jack up rates certainly faster than they had planned. Very interesting times. So we had a couple of, er we had one earnings today, or actually two, I guess, to talk about. Coca-Cola, uh, Coca-Cola uh, Coca beat top and bottom, and most importantly, hiked, uh, hiked uh, expectations, or guidance, that's the word I was looking for, guidance. Uh, Coca-Cola, again, raising guidance. Uh, turns out, Sporting events and concerts and theaters are coming back. Again, the consumer is strong. So again, Coca-Cola raised guidance for the year. Uh, the other earnings we have is Robinhood. Robinhood um, disappointed. Uh, Robinhood blamed crypto. Uh, to me, this might be the retail investor finally burning out, but we shall see. Uh, turns out, uh, Robinhood did $233 million in crypto in Q2. They did $51 million, yeah, million, yeah, million in Q3. Folks, that's an 80% miss. Yeah, that's hard to make up. That's hard to make up. Uh, don't know if you saw this, but it looks like the Chinese government, President Xi, I think he's called the president, um, he's telling the Evergrande billionaire, you know what? You go reach in your back pocket and pay Evergrande's bills. That's cute. Uh, that's cute. Certainly, um, 
You get why he would say that. Uh, however, if you know how this works, the Evergrande billionaire is not liquid. Uh, his wealth is the company, so when the wealth took a hit, he took a hit. And um, Evergrande owes about $300 billion. And this poor guy's what? Maybe got half a, half a billion liquid. So yeah, he could pay the bills for like three seconds and then broke. Uh, Evergrande is done. It's not going to collapse. It has... Uh, it will not. It will no longer exist. More importantly, Chinese de property developers are starting to miss bond payments over and over and over again. This was the black swan that I talked about three months ago. I thought it would be the Chinese property market. I had no idea about Evergrande. Fr frankly, never heard of it. But I said, that's the one. That's the black swan. And boy, I should have. I should have bet money on that one. I got that one right. Next up, we have more and more companies suffering shipping problems. But guess what, folks? Just like Tesla. Just like Tesla. They're not shipping stuff on container ships anymore. There's 100 ships in Southern California. They are now just sticking them on airplanes. And just like Tesla, they are raising prices. Tesla raised prices two to five, 2,500 to five grand very recently because... They are beating the parts shortage by sticking stuff on airplanes versus ships. So when you are a CEO and you can raise prices without losing demand, fly the parts around. And that is what is happening over and over and over again. A couple more things that just drive me bonkers. Uh, looks like the Chinese, as you know, the Chinese property market, real estate market is in significant trouble. It makes up 24% of their GDP. Ouch. Also, if you don't know, what I think is going to be the big uh, fly in the ointment is most, most Chinese apartments that are owned, or many I should say, probably not most, most is the wrong word. Most folks in, in the middle class in China own more than one, and most of those second homes are vacant. They are a store of wealth. They are a bet on appreciation. They are not... Cash flow. Folks, If uh, maybe if you're in China and you want to convert this book to Mandarin or Cantonese, uh, maybe you all should do that because uh, if you're betting on appreciation, you are eventually going to lose. Get cash flow. Rent those puppies out so you can hold on for these time frames. Unfortunately, I think 94% of these are vacant, which is astonishing. Uh, and uh, you're about to lose, right? You, you bet on black and it turned up red and it's about to get ugly. On top of that, the Chinese government wants to make it more expensive to own this depreciating asset. They are rolling out property taxes. Can you imagine a worse time? You're sitting here with a $100,000 asset that's now worth 60, and then the government kicks in and said, hey, you owe me another two grand a year to own this thing. People are going to want to dump property. People are going to, just like us, just like 2007, 8, 9, there were a decade where people were like anti-real estate. That is going to happen. It is going to significantly hurt the GDP of China going forward. And then lastly, let's talk about this billion-dollar tax lunacy. As I mentioned yesterday, the day before, uh, it looks like the powers that be want to tax the roughly 800 billionaires in the United States. Folks, I get it. You're not a billionaire, so you don't care. I got it. You're not, you're not paying attention. You're just absolutely missing the boat. 
The government, just like they did in 1914, will introduce a tax or revenue scheme target at the rich. 1914, folks, the tax rate, the federal tax rate was 1% all the way up to 7%. 1%, just so you know, was roughly $80,000 inflation adjusted. So again, in 1914, roughly 20% of the country paid federal tax, meaning 80% did not. That was the rich. By 1918, four years later, four years later, the tax code had raised to 6% as the low, or 600%, and on the high end was now 77%. And the bracket, which was $80,000, was significantly reduced. When your government finds a new revenue source, they spend like a drunken sailor. This idea of taxing the billionaires is comical. And the fact is, most of us are going to buy it. You're going to be like, ha, 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 Elon Musk, Elon Musk, you're going to have to pay $10 billion. First off, does anybody not think that Elon Musk will find a way to get around most of that? And then we are going to be left with the bag because we don't have 1,700 lawyers and estate attorneys and accountants making that problem go away or at least making the problem smaller. Our government has a spending problem. We are the revenue. If we give them this new revenue stream, you will get what you deserve. And that is eventually a billion will become a hundred million, become 10 million, become a million, a hundred grand. And pretty soon you will be writing a check for your property increase on top of property taxes and other things. This is not a good idea. This is this is perhaps so comically bad, and I still think it's going to happen because we are not paying attention. We like to point at the 800 billionaires and say, pay their fair share. So we're going to allow these people to create a new tax income stream. Again, we call it a tax. They call it revenue. They are going to create a brand new revenue source and in a very short time, you will be writing a check. This is so bad. All right, folks, just so you know, it looks like Anna Kelly is usually our Wednesday guest, has a meeting at eight. So I'm gonna, we've, we have agreed to talk on Saturday. So we will not be missing Anna this week. We'll just have to move it. But I do have another guest that I've slotted into eight o'clock frame that should be a lot of fun. Plus we have Matt, the mortgage guy. And I believe we also have uh, another guest at 10 o'clock. So busy day for you. Have a wonderful day. Remember, let's do some book selfies. Take some pictures, post on Instagram, put it on Facebook. Let's see how creative you guys can be. Have a great day.